Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Buzz Dixon. I am the writer and story editor of G.I. Joe, and I'm here at Knowing is Half the Podcast, and uh, I'm with Ray, Robert, and Gina, and have a good time. He never gives up till stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show on a Friday. That's like my radio intro. You just confused me real bad. Were you about to burp, Gina? No, I was about to say, uh... Well, actually, Ray, it's not Friday right now. But to the listener, it is. No, I wasn't even going to say that. I was going to say, oh my God, I've lost days. (laughs) It's happening again. (laughs) Well, we are talking about an episode today, a very special episode. Of knowing is half the podcast. No, I don't think it's it is. It's pretty much a mundane episode it of is. knowing is half the uh, podcast. Ray, Ray yeah. is bringing us to the bicycle, his bicycle shop again. <laughs> it's a week of a very special after school special about, moments. Uh, yeah, about stranger danger. There's that moment that Chan like uh, lured me to watch Pokemon porn. <laughs> Lord, <laughs> you are the one that freaking brought it up. Don't even pretend. Oh, don't even start with that. Well, I'll check the tape, Chan. <laughs> I did not look it up. <laughs> no, you did not look it up, but you definitely uh, brought inspired, it up. Inspired. It's been a while it? since one of us posted something weird on Ray's wall. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look forward to that right now. Um, I have a whole, a whole internet at my fingertips right now. <laughs> Damn it. Just don't tag my wife anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she was very upset with you, Chad. Ooh, was she really? <laughs> she was not very upset, but she was definitely annoyed. She was like, what is this thing? And I just go, you don't have to look at it. She goes, good, because I didn't want to. I, I definitely noticed a distinct lack of a like on her part for that post she uh un- un- untagged herself from it <laughs> correctly well, guess, guess i'm gonna have to start retagging swear to God. Uh, let's I, do I'm, this i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm on it I yeah it. I if you do it she won't expect it she won't see it coming <laughs> if you start posting no i want her to be able i want if she <laughs> what's happening I'm worried she'll stop ray from doing the podcast yeah <laughs> or she'll be like, "All right, people keep posting weird splorches and splotches." <laughs> and Gina, I am the boss of my household. I got something good. I'm Very. Po- I'm, I'm posting it right now. She's not thing. listening, right? Here's the thing: we just have to post the podcast, <laughs> and and that'll take care of it for us. That'll get me in enough trouble. That'd be way worse than anything we could possibly make it make up. Well, Ninja Holiday is the episode we're talking about right now. Chan, who wrote Ninja Holiday? 
Uh, it was written by Michael Charles Hill. Now, how do we know Michael Charles Hill? I feel like he's written other episodes of uh, G.I. Joe before. The name feels familiar. There was a cartoon called oh, Space Usagi. Oh, my goodness. I got to look that up. Uh, he was... Oh, you know what? Uh, I think he was one of the. He's listed as a co-producer of eighty-five episodes, so okay. he must have been uh, like one of the uh, so story he's, editor type people. He's in the like, credits yeah. every episode, so we would have seen his name a whole bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, also associate producer for ninety-five episodes of Transformers. So excellent. He was one of the one of the high dudes. up Sunbow dudes who was doing a lot of the. I love the it. Work. I love it all. So we got here, we got uh, the episode opens with an apocalypse now, like, pull. I I gotta admit, I was not sure what was going on for the first few minutes of this episode. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I just, you know, Sci-Fi pulls his head up like he's uh, Martin Sheen in Apocalypse I Now. I just looked it up. The, one, the three episodes he's credited with. Yes. Uh, uh, one of them's Into Your Tent, I Will Silently Creep. Which, which we haven't, haven't got, got to yet. yet. But it sounds... Great. That's actually, I think, the, the final episode oh, of the my. series. Yeah. What is this? Low Light finally go nuts and murder everybody? I didn't want to tell you, but no, I think I think right. it's obvious. Uh, Cold Slither is the other episode. Oh. And Cold Slither, That's as we right. know, brilliant. Uh, yes. Such a wonderful episode. That we'll be joining them soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, sci-fi is this Apocalypse Now moment. And there are multiple references to Apocalypse Now slash Heart of Darkness in this episode. Yep. Which is strange because... Joseph Conrad's yeah. Heart of Darkness. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know that the kids are going to understand that reference. No, not even a little bit. And what I love about it is this is a, this is the blood sport John Claude Van Damme episode of GI Joe. Yeah, I I I was call, I was thinking of it as Mortal Kombat, the yep. Mortal Kombat episode. No. I understand Mortal Kombat was after this. I don't care. I love Mortal Kombat. Also, there was a Polly imposter like yes. twenty seconds into this episode. I totally forgot to write that down. I remember thinking like, "Oh, Gina's gonna be so happy. Polly's here. It's a fake." Yeah. Yeah, get this poster, imposter out of here. There's yeah, your fake Polly. Get out of here, fake Polly. Now, wait, well, why wait. wouldn't you just want more Polly? I mean, I mean, here's the thing. If it was that bird and regular Polly, cool. But they might not get along then. They might uh, not. Uh, I feel like no, this was some no. sort of weird. What, hold on. What that would be is polyamory. <laughs> yep. Yep. I knew I knew where it was going, and I couldn't do anything to stop it. It was like a train <laughs> coming right coming. at me. You just got to get out of the way, man. I feel like this is like some weird like uh, uh, diversity poly or something. Like they're like, ah, ah. All right, we got to get no. Don't put both of them in the same episode. Let's just have one in one episode and one in another episode. So it's it's like it's like the worst parts of diversity. Exactly. But we I have wa- our token I- poly in this Yeah, episode. we all agree that diversity is the worst. <laughs> Isn't that right, white people talking to a dude? Is- you know, hey, Jen, reverse racism is a real thing, and hey, it's a problem I'm in this in country. I'm in favor of more polys. I want all the polys. Mm-hmm. I just have a problem poly, when poly. they only show one poly and not the other poly. So you're upset when it's monopoly. <laughs> Listen, so do you not like playing Monopoly? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody it does. Takes too long. And, it's the uh, worst game uh, ever made. Oh, I never get to be the Scotty dog. <laughs> uh, here, here's two. Like, there are three things that I want to see in an episode that's called Ninja Holiday. Yes, please. Ninjas. I, I want to see the two ninjas that we know are in this show. Weirdly, Storm Shadow we, just, and uh, Snake Eyes. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Oh, wait, look, hold on. We're we're we get one of them season later. Two. We're almost done with season two. 
and I have no idea how I fell in love with Snake Eyes as a kid. Yeah, I don't know. Because that motherfucker has almost never shown up. Yeah. That's true. But what that's, is happening? But that's what I'm saying. If what do I remember? If you have an episode called Ninja Holiday, and it doesn't have the only two ninjas in the show... Well, Storm Shadow shows theory. up, but only right yeah, yeah, at the Yeah, he end. doesn't talk, first of all. And when like, he does, it's... I feel like they didn't want to pay him the day rate to show up and act. <laughs> but also, like, I want I want some some holiday specifics. Okay. Like which holiday are we talking about? It could be Thanksgiving. Yeah, Christmas. yeah. Or it's like, or it's like how Ninja got his groove back type holiday where he's like, oh God, I need to take some me time. I need to eat pray ninja. Like like the British use of the word holiday to take a vacation. Yeah, or like the uh, best best man holiday. Yeah, I don't like that they call it holiday when they should be calling it Christmas. Christmas should be Ninja Christmas because <laughs> yeah. there's a war happening and uh, this culture wars. We are we need to put the Christ back in ninjas <laughs> is what I'm saying. And Gina, what's the third thing you're looking for? I mean, that was it. The two things were the two ninjas. <laughs> I want a third thing. No, the third thing is some some sort of holiday thing. Wait, so we have ninjas, we have holidays, and then that's three things. That's one, only two things. One little ninja, two little ninja, three little holidays. You are getting dangerously close to an offensive limerick, Gina. Uh, I believe <laughs> one the little, two little, I three believe the idea ninjas. is <laughs> yes, Jan. Cool it, my ninja. I'm talking here. Uh, the the holiday is referring to what kind of holiday would a G.I. Joe go on, more specifically wetsuit, and his idea of a holiday is I'm going to go uh, fight a bunch of uh, a Street Fighter rejects. Which yeah. is weird because no, wetsuit's uh... not the guy who would do that. Well, yeah. no, he definitely uh, had a conversation with Leatherneck, and he was like, you pussy, you, don't, you couldn't fight your way out of a wet pepper bag. He's like, all right, I'll show you. I'll enter a... Oh, how about a martial arts tournament? How yeah. about a kumite? Yeah, kumite. 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 Uh, 100% the writers saw that movie and were like, we are turning this into a, uh, a episode. It gets to be a point in season two when you realize like every episode is just based on just something else Some, that was happening. Yeah. We have the Nightmare on Elm Street episode still oh, yet to happen. Shut, stop spoiler alerting. Very, very soon, Chan. I think the next episode we watch, unless oh, I'm mistaken, be. might be G.I. Joe and the Golden Fleece. It's yes. coming up very soon. Yes, it is. Here's the thing. I have uh, no idea several minutes into this episode what's going on. I'm very uncomfortable with Joe's fighting native people's Again, they're weird albinos, so I'm gonna let that slide because uh, that's I don't know that what the, got the, I don't know what the hell they, they're clearly tra- supposed to be like Vietnamese or yeah, something. Yeah, we're in the South Pacific, they lay, they lay that out. Yeah, very Vietnam clearly. is not in the South Pacific, Genia. I didn't hear the South uh, Pacific part, I literally just saw <laughs> like what what looked like Heart of Darkness. But to G.I. Joe, the South Pacific is literally anywhere we fought a war in the last 50 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it really could be anywhere. But That's I very don't, Indonesian. Why, why but... are they fighting them? I don't understand. Well, oh no, these these are like uh, Cobra's paying them to just you know destabilize things and okay, you know okay. right. Um, but here we go. So we have Doctor Ali, who's the leader of this tribe of Caucasian Asian people. It seems like a very much uh, early Al Qaeda type situation uh-huh, where uh-huh. you know, like they're just uh, they're fighting uh, for just because making money you know it's generic okay, bad okay. guy shit yeah well i just love that uh dr ali is having a teleconference with serpentor they're on a giant view screen yeah. Yeah. sergeant slaughter because he has flair for the dramatic yeah. flips his hat in that lands right in between the two of them <laughs> dr ali looks down shouts out loud oh shit sergeant slaughter's coming and immediately serpentor's like what's happening i don't understand it's like yeah 
Sergeant Slaughter's here. He's kicking all our asses. Here's the thing, too. The only thing this was missing was like an Indiana Jones scene where he takes his hat back. Yes. Like, but he like, gets it back because we see him with it later. Yeah, I know, but I wanted the scene of him getting it back, like where he's he's like in the middle of a fight and he's like, "Don't oh, mess up with my, don't mess with my hat." Right, right. Like a cool ass ret- hat retrieval. <laughs> they did not have the time in this episode yeah. for that. Oh, I think they did. <laughs> I mean, I would have rather. I mean, here's the thing: he swords that TV in half, mm-hmm. yep. which is cool. I would have well, rather seen period. the hat scene. What I like is the Serpentor is just shouting just impotently at the void because everybody leaves the screen to go fight Sergeant Slaughter, mm-hmm. and he's just shouting because he really can't figure it out. Oh, my like God. Like this poor guy. Serpentor is all of us right now. <laughs> it is. Shouting into the void, not having any idea what's going on, powerless. <laughs> but, but all the breadcrumbs are there for him to figure it oh, out. No. He knows what's happening. He just wants somebody to fill him in. Like, We're too I'm busy fighting Serpentor. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but no, I need a status update. He wants this like is... one guy in the middle of the fight being like, "Okay, so yeah. now, um, now he's punching them." He's oh, every he's... middle manager ever. Yes, he he's uh, Sergeant Slaughter just uh, punched another guy. Fill out a GPS report about that. I need to know how the fistic hostilities went down. He appears to be advancing on me now. What would you like me to do, sir? Uh, Dr. (laughs) Ali, what would you say you do here? (laughs) Uh, How about the moment when there's a sniper in the tree and Lowlight shoots the branch of the tree and causes him to fall down? Everybody's like, good shot. And Lowlight goes, oh, Lowlight says, shoot, I missed. He was trying to murder that man. <laughs> yes. Oh yes, he my was. god. He's the scariest individual in GI Joe. I, I did not. I think I was writing a note during that because I did not see that. But <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I just wrote here. Wow. Just straight up says I was attempting murder. Oh man. I mean, technically, they all should be attempting murder all the time. In That's theory, what yes. they're. That's what their job is. In practice, nobody aims at anybody. And I, I feel like Lowlight's the type of guy that like gets into a relationship, and and like women don't realize exactly what the deal is for a few months, and then they're like, "Oh my god, this guy has a lot of emotional problems." <laughs> yes, he does. I'm going to stick this out and fix him. Oh no! <laughs> I thought it was a bit, but no, <laughs> he's genuinely batshit crazy. And, and how long does that last for him, Gina? Oh, it's usually like about like nine or ten months. <laughs> the end of their life. That's and, that's and when then, they figure out then, it's uh, no chance. I I think usually either they they get dumped by him or or like they have to like tap out. Eventually, he'll find one to like marry him that just stays in this abusive relationship forever. That is really upsetting. Uh, <laughs> Why are you looking at me, Gina? <laughs> <laughs> Also, I loved it. Stop that. When Sergeant Slaughter went and like throws the sword at like the TV, Sergeant Slaughter throws up his hands like he's trying to block it, which just brought me more joy. Wait, Sergeant Slaughter, Serpentor, Serpentor, like no, no, hold on. (laughs) <laughs> Let me protect myself. You know what? He was probably also like, hey, that's that's really expensive. No, 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 no. Because oh. that thing is an expensive TV. That was TV. a huge-ass TV even by today's standards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and to find that in the middle of the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And how come How come all the uh, – at first, we have the first fight scene. Some of the villagers have shoes. But by the time we get to the end of the episode, ain't nobody wearing no shoes if right. you're, if it's you're like, a thug. It's like, uh, you know how if you buy a pair of Toms – uh, they send a pair of toms to someone in need. To a terrorist in the South Pacific? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not enough people bought toms. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's like they outfit them all with laser rifles. You think the worst they could do is get them a pair of shacks. Some I'm people, just saying. Some people like to go shoeless. There do was, they? Yeah, there was a girl in my college who walked across campus shoeless. She had... Her feet were totally calloused, so she just, like, didn't feel anything at that uh, point. Shoeless Joe Jackson? 
Yeah, yeah that's because he was poor. <laughs> that's not because it was, it was a, a choice. Baseball, yeah, it was a goddamn baseball players didn't baseball make shit player. back then, Jan. <laughs> Also, there's a school of thought that like shoes. we're we're weakening our feet by wearing shoes. So some some extreme hippies prefer to go shoeless. Now, do you think the villagers in this terrorist cell are some of those people? I'm saying if they grew up used not used to wearing shoes, they wouldn't want to wear shoes. Have you ever gotten naked for like a weekend nope. and then been like, oh gosh, I got to go out in public? I don't get uh, naked ever. I'm not gonna lie. With on. <laughs> if you people hadn't shown up to do this podcast, <laughs> I would have made it the entire day without wearing clothes. <laughs> I was so close. It's been one of those days. I had to do a lot of work. Uh, there was a lot of writing going on. Uh, I didn't uh, like, have time like to go out. And no bunders food. either, or are there bunders involved? What Bund- is a bunders? bunders? They're what I call call underwear. <laughs> okay, Gina, you have to realize that if you make up words, you don't get to look at other people and go like, "Uh, you're an idiot for not knowing what I this made up word is." Figure outable. I just put one it letter is- and shortened okay. the rest of it. <laughs> Can I tell you, when I used to work in restaurants, at a, an Italian restaurant, and I used to wait tables, there was a, a, a group of young people, and they came in, they, we would deal with a lot of tourists, and the guy says, hey, um, uh, to drink, can I get a glass of po? And I looked at him, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, a po, can I have a glass of po? And I'm like, I don't even understand what that is. He goes, well, I'm from Texas, it's what we drink down there. I go, okay, uh, we don't have po. He's like, what do you mean you don't have po? And when pressed for more information... Poe was a special version of iced tea that only his grandmother made for him <laughs> at family occasions. And I'm like, why the motherfuck would you go as a human being in a public place and ask somebody for a fucking word that your grandmother made up okay. that doesn't exist to anyone but you and your fucking grandmother? Here's the thing. All I did was put one extra letter on it. It's like if I was like, oh, Ray, I like your skateball scap today. You could figure out that I'm saying baseball cap. I would assume you're having a stroke. I that would, would be my first step. That it was a stroke. Is your eye twitching? All right, all right. For future reference, <laughs> podcast listeners, skate skull scap is. A, what if the Gina fuck is comes happening? You with the skate skull scap. Definitely don't assume no, that she's. No, I'm saying if I ever refer to bunders, I'm talking about underwear. <laughs> so we're establishing a new dichotomy for the show. Listen, two hundred episodes into it. I told you, it. it's way better to make up words and follow trends a couple day, a couple years late. <sighs> Here's the thing: Gina makes up words. <laughs> Ray uses words wildly incorrectly because he just said we're establishing a new dichotomy. That (laughs) That is is extremely nebulous. So here's the thing: I am the Webster here. Uh, uh, Ray is like Emmanuel Lewis. Why would you want Ray? What is happening? Is like the Mike Tyson of this. I do not rape and eat people. (laughs) What is happening? I'm saying you you make up words. You you like no. I make up words. That then become popular no. words. You use words incorrectly. Mike Tyson uses words correctly. He just can't pronounce them. Wait a minute, Gina. What words have you made up that have become popular? Oh, yeah. Excuse me. I glossed right over that insane uh, uh, talking point. Bunders. <laughs> I can name several people in my life who know what those are and use that word. Are either or of do, them Ray or Chan or in our audience? <laughs> Because no. if you add if you add your boyfriend to that, that would be three, which would technically <laughs> qualify as several. Yes. But we just found it's, out. It's catching yeah. on like hotcakes. Initial. <laughs> uh, so right now, 50% more people know it than used to know it. <laughs> oh 
Well, guys, moving forward, there's a martial arts competition, and Wetsuit has inexplicably joined it for his like weekend off. And Wait. I don't, I just, he doesn't seem like Snake Eyes would do this, Wait. right? Okay, so first of all, I put yeah. oh shit, Mortal Kombat. Second of all, once again, Wetsuit, different outfit. What is happening? Sweatsuit, man. He just wears whatever he feels no, like. No, he's, mm-hmm. he's wearing like, yeah, in this one, it's like a Hawaiian shirt. Everyone else still has their other clothes on. I don't know why this guy is so fashionable. Well, what I noticed is when he's wearing like his Joe uniform in the second half of the episode, there's a giant like red shrimp that's just on his <laughs> like, on his shirt. <laughs> now who's having the, the, the seizure? I, you can look it up. Check the tape because yeah. he is, he's got a red like shrimp symbol right there on his like right next to his pocket on his shirt oh is he like is he like brand is he like getting getting money from brands now like Bubba Gump has sponsored yeah. a wetsuit for this episode maybe that's why he changes his outfit so much because people are paying him to wear their clothes he's yeah it's like uh, the award ceremonies yeah where people, uh, he's Lindsay them. Lohan so you need Hector Ramirez there to be like wetsuit who are you wearing tonight yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he'll be like uh, I've worn five different episodes in this in this I've worn five different outfits in this episode alone. Maybe I am having a stroke, you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Sergeant Slaughter has uh, decided to k- tell Wetsuit he's a dumb piece of shit mm-hmm. for joining a martial arts kumite on his day off because he's correct. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter is 100% correct. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I would be into this. Well, especially when uh. you find out it's being run by a professional uh, international terrorist criminal. Yep. That's- yeah, that, that would be the deal breaker. Um, it wasn't a smart choice. So uh, Wetsuit and everybody else goes out to the bus because they're leaving their hotel. Apparently, they're staying at a, a weird hotel uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. while they go there to fight Cobra. They stay in the most lavish resort they can find in, yeah. in Thailand. I mean, you got the G.I. Joe Express card. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't that's you? Why would Trust you? me, that's not, the, that's not like the most expensive thing we're paying for on this trip. <laughs> but there's a little kid who keeps clearly luring them into traps, and they just believe him every time? Yeah. Little uh, kids, man. You got to trust them. Yeah, I guess. Kids don't hold lie. On, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I always conclude my business satisfactorily. Because the line before that. Yeah. I hope you uh, enjoy your stay. And you well, concluded we, your business. Can we just hear the whole thing in context? Able to hear and that you were able to conclude your business satisfactorily. Oh. So we've got the uh, uh, members of the Trade Federation from episode one of Star Wars here. <laughs> oh, my here. God. Yeah. That just made me realize uh, that those voices in Star Wars are racist. Well, they're aliens. Can they what? be racist? Are you serious? Yeah, I was focused on Jar Jar Binks, okay? Uh, okay, well, just so you know, in a, the Asian community and a fair subsection of uh, people outside the Asian community uh, talked about how racist okay, maybe I knew those this. characters were for many, many years. So what, you're saying that you found that to be unsatisfactorily? Uh, honestly, at this point, I was just, I it did, it just, I just glossed over it. I mean, I wrote it right down here and said, you better pull that sound. Ever since it was, it was octopus. What was, what was the octopus Uh, line? Oh, Derek Oh, no. no. They went the whole episode without really being racist and then decided to end it with Derek At least in this one, they like get it out of the way early and then they're like, let's get focused on this Kumite. We, We, you're just... It sounds like he is uh, getting a happy ending at a massage. <laughs> I always conclude oh, my business okay, satisfactorily. Okay. That is why I pulled the clip because it does. It sounds. It very much seems like a euphemism, uh, and I 
I'm he's a pretty, pearl. He's a pearl necklace member of our Patreon. Is I'm what you're saying? Pretty sure that he gets tug jobs from uh, small Vietnamese women. I think Sergeant Slaughter gets tug jobs like all the time. I like, think he just like, goes to the bus uh, station and people thing. just yanking him off. He's Good he's heavens. very stressed. He's very tense a lot. So he's, I don't know if he does. No, that's or that's or to keep him only like, that level of stress. Oh man! So he is just <laughs> full of calm, is what you're saying? Oh. Like if he didn't get a hand job, he would his eyes would bubble over. I mean, it's like it, the movie Crank, but with hand jobs. I very much believe that Sergeant Slaughter is full of cum all the time. <laughs> well, so uh, Sergeant Slaughter gets a phone call, and then ninjas attack him, and uh, like that's you do. kind of amazing. Yeah. And then, and then the little kid shoves Beachhead into the bus. Yeah, and Beachhead like, doesn't think anything about this is weird. Right up, rolls him over like he's a bitch, and I loved it. <laughs> Fuck Beachhead, man. That yeah. brainy smurf piece of shit. <laughs> I love the fact that a kid got over on him. It just made me happy. Like just like mentally, socially, and physically. The kid dominates him. Yeah. And Sergeant Slaughter gets taken in by the ninjas because the ninjas think he is wetsuit. Yeah. Right. And somehow this was the plan. It was to he signed up for the tournament. Wetsuit was gonna show up at the tournament. Um you no, didn't need they, you didn't need they, to kidnap him. They were him. worried at that point that he was gonna back out. Uh well no, they said they said uh later on that that was a test. Oh, that's we right. We wanna okay. make sure that it's not, you know, that you are who you uh, that you've got the skills that you claim you have. If you can't beat those two ninjas at the phone booth, then we probably he, don't need you for the Kuma. But he right. didn't. What? He didn't beat them. Well, he did beat them and then they cheated and then they like drugged him. Oh god, it got yeah, it. Yeah. Uh and so, you know, then they take him away. So they put Sergeant Slaughter in a basket. And then rowboat him all the way to a temple, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's a pretty normal thing for the South Pacific, and then, right? And then- it's a sturdy-ass basket, by the way, because he is awake, absolutely, when they pop the thing open, which means right. he has been awake and has just, just been like- get out of the basket. Yeah. He can fight nine maybe, bats at the same time. Maybe he's just like, basket. I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> We're already here. Well, the, the terrorist's name is Pierre Lafont. Uh-huh. Yep. And and I love it because they're like Sergeant Slaughter immediately gets out of the basket and tries to kick all the asses. Yep. Yeah, but uh, but also I just love the pan of the fighters. The fighters are their own. Okay, let's talk about these fighters for just a Ooh, sec here. Yep. Because you have a French chef, uh huh, who's yep. trained in sabat. A French chef sabat. wearing uh uh boxing gloves. Wearing boxing gloves and his chef's hat and coke still yeah. intact. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, but I mean in in the grand tradition of uh blood sport. Like everybody has to live a gimmick, have a thing, yeah, mm-hmm. and all, and also Street Fighter, obviously, like well, you know, Street Fighter seems directly yanked for this episode because E Honda's there, uh, E Honda the sumo wearing the the the, the gi diaper is there. I mean, that's just a general generic sumo. Yeah, yeah. He looks he to me he was just so resemblance of E Honda. There's got to be something going. He, d- on. he didn't have the face paint. Nobody so. had the yeah. hair. Then we have uh, yeah, Sonya Blade. Uh, was there and Goro? Goro. Goro was there. Um, the forearm, uh, Scor- nine foot scorpion. So no, no. Let me check my notes. No, those people were not there. Why? I, I mean, Sub Zero. The the correct reference for this, frankly, is the Village People. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. Rather than Street Fighter, because you've got a cop in there. There's, There's a, a cowboy in there. It is. Uh, when I first saw him, literally, my thought was, oh, shit, they got the Maytag repairman. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's pissed. He's going to kick all the shit. It makes sense. He was always so lonely. He had a lot of time to yeah. work on his moves. Yeah. So like, lonely. He's been so lonely. <laughs> so that is a police song. 
So that was a pretty great reference on my part. Thank you very much. (laughs) And you also have O.C. Bisa, who Sergeant Slaughter will fight later, who's a great African Zulu warrior. With OCD. Is is that what he is? That's what I got out of it. Okay. Uh, Okay. Uh, but also, like, there's a weird thing because Harder Slaughter gets out of the basket, starts kicking all the asses. They pull guns on him and they make him stop. And they go, Sergeant Slaughter, that's ridiculous. We have we have decorum here. Now we want you to fight all these guys. <laughs> they, they immediately they have him fight dudes. But they don't call him Sergeant Slaughter. No, they, they call him wetsuit. wetsuit. Yeah, they call him sweatsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, which they should have known when he didn't change clothes five times while he was there. <laughs> that it was probably not really wetsuit. But, you know, writing error aside. Um. Okay, I have. Uh, I, I've pulled up the actual moment where we get the pan shot of all these dudes. Okay. Uh, there is a. Yeah, let's do it again. Get a quick shot of it. There they come. Pop, pop, pop. Okay. Uh, you got a, you got a cowboy, guy, cowboy, cop. You got Ken. Kung Fu dude. Yep, Ken. Ken. Oh, you oh, have oh, a basketball that? player. Oh, you got Sean Bradley. Uh, Sean T- not, Philadelphia 76ers own Sean Bradley. <laughs> Sumo Honda. guy. Chef. chef. Yeah, I guess Zulu, Zulu warrior. warrior. Right? Sure, right. sure. Is that it? That's our crew. Yeah. Our, All right. It's only an eight person Who tournament. Who would you be the, the most frightened to fight among them? Uh, most frightened to fight of all of them? Uh, Cop. Cop has a gun. Okay. No question the cop has uh, a gun. I, but I feel like I feel like he's probably dumb. Uh, I would actually have to say the guy who is dressed like Ken because he's very reminiscent of Akuma, mm-hmm. and you're, you're never going to beat Akuma in a fight. Uh, I feel like he's a little more reminiscent of Dan. I'm Dan. I'm honestly going to say the Zulu warrior because that dude's got no visible weapons, which I feel like means he is confident in his fucking skills. Well, the other guys didn't really have weapons, did they? But if like, you're a cop, I feel like once I take that gun away, I'm going to be like, come on, now you're just like a regular dude. Now you're Paul Blart. I guess the basketball player didn't really have anything, but... He's, and he's wearing his full jersey, and he's white. That's true. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, obviously he doesn't like make the, it to the next round. Yeah. So. He did not I win. Like, I feel like the cowboy probably like cowboys probably have like rope at the very least. Uh, and sumo, his whole he he, he is a weapon. Like he's he's his used body. to doing this. Yeah. GI Joe will return after these messages. Cobra Hydrofoil shooting across the water is an evil new foe. Cobra Hydrofoil's gonna get G.I. Joe. Introducing the Cobra Hydrofoil. The G.I. Joe battle platform is under attack. Cobra! Raise the missile rack. Fire the torpedoes. Fire! Return fire! Cobra Hydrofoil, G.I. Joe tactical battle platform. Other Joe and Cobra figures each sold separately from Hasbro. Back to G.I. Joe. Well, how about, so we get back to the uh, base right now, and Wetsuit finally has to be like, okay, guys, I got to eat some shit right now. I did sign up for a martial arts kumite. Like you do. Uh, run by a guy I know is an international terrorist gangster. Um, yeah. Bad to, but I like I like his tone when he's speaking. It's so earnest. It's so, I did a bad thing. I'm just going to own it. I know you're mad. And it's just, it was so honest to me. Like, I'm like, I can't be mad at you, Sweatsuit. I wonder if he got any type of military reprimand for doing this. None. It's G.I. Joe. Yeah. Nobody ever gets in trouble. I also like, isn't a thing in the military, no man left behind? Because Beachhead's like, we got to the airport and the plane was taking off. We had to just leave it. Oh, shit. And then this is when this episode turns into Home Alone. Oh, what? 
And then Daniel Stern tries to break into the house. I feel like I forgot something. Sergeant Slaughter! Oh, no! It's just Sergeant Slaughter learning to shave. Uh... Sergeant Slaughter, like, ordering pizzas and, like, figuring out creative ways not to pay for them. Sergeant Slaughter buying his first toothbrush that he bought with his own, like, parents' money. I mean, this is this, this is the Sergeant Slaughter version of that, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I figured that um, from his days of wrestling, he just took that with him. And uh, the first time they are like, hey, you get on the plane, he's like, don't you worry about me, all right? You get on the plane. Yeah. If I'm not on the plane, well, that's my problem. He's okay. like, he that's like rides out on the outside of the plane sometimes. Sometimes he's in like the cargo, <laughs> like the like the cargo <laughs> hold of the plane, hanging onto the wheel. I like, just literally. think he like likes to test himself sometimes. So he's like, all right, <laughs> well, I'm gonna do this shit. You brought up the wrestling thing, and Sergeant Slaughter in this episode does so many wrestling moves. Like mm-hmm. I stopped counting. Yeah. Like every single one of his fights is like a legit like wrestling match. <laughs> like they pulled from it and they have him doing all manner of like awesome like counter moves and stuff. Heads flying, head scissors and like reverse tombstone, like everything. It's amazing. All the crap that Sergeant Slaughter does in this episode fighting wise. Um, and do you have a sound poll for me? Because they keep calling Sergeant Slaughter wetsuit because they think that's who he is the whole time. Right. And there's finally the moment that he just accepts it. And his 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 statement of just uh, uh, acceptance just kind of like brought me joy. The line read I really enjoyed. Or shall I call you wetsuit? Yeah, okay, wetsuit's good enough. <laughs> just, it's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that is, you could not read that more like Sergeant Slaughter. Mildly annoyed. I know I can kick your ass. Fine. <laughs> if, it pro- if it progresses the narrative, just call me goddamn wetsuit. I will fine. maintain the charade for as long as it takes to achieve my uh, my goals. It's fine. <laughs> um, okay, and then my absolute favorite moment of many in this episode mm. happens when, uh, for whatever reason, they, they, they find out uh, a restaurant that's a known hangout for um, Pierre Lafont. Yep. And so uh, Beachhead just walks in, and I know it's part of the plan, but he still comes across super dopey. And he walks in, he's like, hey, you guys, just looking for a famous terrorist. Don't suppose y'all seen him. <laughs> and all of the smart people in that bar get up and just leave. But... Hanging out in the corner are these two ninjas in full ninja costumes, like eating ramen. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. Just hanging out in full gear. Dude, at this restaurant. if I was a ninja, I would eat ramen all the time. I would go places in full ninja garb and eat my ramen. <laughs> so, what you're saying is that the reason why. G.I. Joe's inexplicably, even on their time off, continue to wear their outfits is just because they're in love with them and uh, they go into a, a ramen uh, shop and people are like, oh, you're a G.I. Joe. Here, yeah. With one notable exception. Yeah. Wetsuit. Yeah. Yep. No one's yeah. going to mess with ninjas eating ramen. Like, I don't want anything to interrupt me from eating my ramen. So I want people to be like, oh, fuck, don't mess with that ninja. Also, get her an extra hard boiled egg for her ramen. This is like <laughs> the plot of Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> where they pretend that they're uh, part of the axe gang so that they get free shit. Uh, I'm but, into it. Well, I know you guys it. appreciated the cartoon moment that happened because this oh, is a show that, that generally keeps it relatively real. It gets crazy, but they don't go for like obvious cartoon gags. And then you have the fight scene that happens and the ninjas are like, ha ha. And then all the Joes just open fire on them, destroy the entire wall with the exception of the cutout of ninjas behind them. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a classic don't bring nunchucks to a gunfight. <laughs> and it's like one of the most cartoony things we've ever seen happen on G.I. <laughs> Joe, it's a straight up Wiley Coyote moment. Yeah, and I love them for it. <laughs> they, they resign immediately. 
Uh, which which gets us into the tournament now. We're halfway through the episode, mm-hmm. and we're at the Kumite. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Slaughter in round one is fighting the French chef. He's fighting Andre, the master of Sabat. Andre now, he, Velocite. Velocite, thank you. I could, I, I could not write that last name down fast enough. He I has, got Andre. Uh, he has a line here that says... Love it. My, my mother like told me there'd be days like these. And mm-hmm. all I wrote was, your mom told you there'd be days where you're fighting a French chef wearing boxing gloves? My mother told me there'd be days like this. She warned him, and he didn't listen. She's like, listen, son. A lot of weird shit happens in life. Someday, <laughs> you might be in a weird, weird Kumite tournament facing a Michelin-starred chef who is still wearing his chef outfit. I think you're, uh, uh, you, uh, you may be assuming a little bit much that he is a Michelin-starred chef. I mean, I, I think he's really good. I, I feel like he's good at fighting uh, and he's good at cooking. You do a lot of, like, you can be a good chef. Or you can be a good uh, savat fighter. No. So you have to devote a lot of time to either one uh, of those. One of those is impressive. But two of those, that's the guy that's going to join the Kumite. A dude who's good <laughs> enough to take on Sergeant Slaughter is not going to be a good chef. Oh, m- much less a good baker, which I, takes even more work and skill. But he's, his whole gimmick revolves around it. I assume he's yeah. got to have some margin for talent. I think he's an awesome chef, and I, and, and like he's been training equally for both fighting and chefing. I think he's fine. He's no Michelin star <laughs> chef. Well, I have this note here because it, it occurred to me while the two of them are fighting, and it starts off with a bunch of quick shots and kicks from the from the French guy, mm-hmm. and then Sergeant Slaughter just grabs him and does wrestling moves, gives him an airplane yeah. spin, mm-hmm. and I just wrote down here, it's so dopey that that French French chef would be fighting with that stupid hat on, and then it immediately cut over to Sergeant Slaughter also wearing a dumb hat, mm-hmm. and I went, never mind, precedent's been set, <laughs> precedent's also, been set, I'm wrong. Also, he straight up kills that French chef. Uh, he straight up murders him. Like, he is dead at the end of that and if it's not clear that sergeant slaughter killed him the rest of them are like yeah he's we're gonna kill him the losers will die here that's the the implication happens when he throws him in the pit yeah yeah and we do find out none of them are dead yeah they're just gina you watch the end of this episode right like but but in that moment where they say something when he throws him in that pit yeah Oh, don't worry about him. He will be suitably disposed of. Yeah. Like, that dude is dead. I don't care. Later on, Ooh, on. they replace him with a robot. Chan loves the laughs. Uh, and this is where we get our Heart of Darkness pull. And uh, they, uh, they they go back to the jungle because... Uh, General Hawk is is suitably pissed off when they come back and he's like, uh, guys, where's Sergeant Slaughter? And they're yeah. just like, the plane took off without him. Did you leave behind the dude who's like 10 times the soldier yeah. any of you are combined? <laughs> he's he's worth way more to this operation than any one of you, yep. if not all of and you together. Any six of you, frankly. <laughs> and so General Hawk is fucking furious, and he's like, "You are don't, don't unpack. You're going right back, assholes, to go get Sergeant Slaughter back. Correctly. I love General Hawk in this moment. That's the no shit leader I think G.I. Joe needs. So they go back to the jungle again and they talk about Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness and Wetsuit, for whatever reason, breaks off from the rest of the team and gets his ass kidnapped. I mean, he 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 literally says, you're not going to take me without a fight. And then <laughs> and they take immediately him without take a him without and, a fight. And, and he like doesn't even throw a punch. No, they hit him in the back from with the butt of their gun. Boof. No, here's a perfect opportunity for karate chop. They must not have taught the yeah, natives that. He doesn't even tense a muscle. No, 
He just like that's the definition of without a fight. And it's like um, one and a half seconds after he utters that line, yeah. he has been dispatched. So, Irony, thou art a cruel mistress. Bad job, wetsuit. <laughs> I mean, how do you not know? You know you're encircled. Yeah. You can't just like only focus in front of you yep. when you know they're all around you. Mm-hmm. Bad job, you. So this comes to round two for Sergeant Slaughter right here. He's fighting Osibisa, the Zulu uh, king or whatever his, he is here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Pierre Lafont says, I want to I jazz this up a little bit. Regular fighting starting to bore me. So a whole bunch of like totem poles start jutting out out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once again, uh, Sergeant Slaughter full of the wrestling moves. And honestly, a fight that you know could have been better. It's just a lot of sleeper holds. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a lot of rolling resting. around. And he throws he throws Osibisa in the pit, mm-hmm. dead. The no, the pit that leads to the prison to death. So the the death pit. Death, just death a, pit. they're just chilling that they back died. there. They're, they don't even seem that uncomfortable when they find them. Like, hey, what's up? They're probably. Oh yeah, no, this was just the green room. We're just We're waiting just, for our flight home. Properly <laughs> disposed of. Properly disposed of. <laughs> they're properly disposing of some uh, croissants. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they're being disposed. Uh, so I have a major question coming up here. I do as well, and I'm wondering if it's the same question. It might be. Uh, so yeah. uh, the finals turns out mm-hmm. that he has to fight Wets. He has to fight uh, the GI Joe member that they captured in the finals. Uh huh. Uh huh. Gina, is your question the same as mine? Uh, yeah, yeah. So why don't the two of them just beat everyone else up? Oh, okay. Your question is different than mine. Okay. Oh, yeah. I feel like uh, as soon as they dump him out, Sergeant Slaughter should be like, oh, cool. There's two of us now. I've been single-handedly taking out everyone on my own. Now there's two of us. Well, they, they do have guns. turn on them. I feel like there's probably just too many. There's a lot there's of guns being pointed at them while they fight. Because yeah, even uh, they but... later on... Uh, when they find when more Joe show up, they're like, "Oh, there's only like six of them, so we can still we can still just overrun them." So I think there's just too many. Mm-hmm. No, the question okay. that I had about okay. this whole setup, I think you might have the question that I have, is the poor planning of the whole thing because they did not have a Joe member in captivity when this tournament started. You don't have the same question I do. Okay, no, we all have, we all have different, different questions, questions. because right. they end up capturing real wetsuit uh-huh. and then they throw him in kind of hodgepodge and say you have to fight him now in the finals. And it is pretty last minute catch a sketch can. What if there were no Joes in the area. The Joes were not necessarily supposed to come back. You no. put them on a plane out of the country. Yeah. yeah. This yep. is extremely poor planning on a Pierre also, also, like, what were the what was the final rounds for the other ones? Like uh, because in my oh. in my mind, if I was doing a tournament, I would preemptively kidnap someone that they like that they knew. Like I would take I would take another basketball player to fight the basketball guy. I would take another <laughs> cop to fight the cop. I would take another cowboy. What is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar doing here? <laughs> so, like, I, I would I would take them and put them all in prison cells and then be like, all right, whichever one is going to win, we're going to unleash you. And the rest of you have some croissants in the green room. You can do a flight back afterwards. It would be cool. There's, we have a massage expert who will be there to help you work out those knots after the fights. Yes, we will dispose of you. Uh, what was your question, Chan? Because my I assumed, question yeah. is, I assumed I was going to have the same question as both of you. Uh, my question wrong. is, we're going to go with the most deadly martial art at the end for the big finals. Uh, we're going to kill somebody, and we're going to give them the, the deadliest weapon we have in our arsenal. Uh, Kendo bamboo sticks. sticks. Hey, they want no. <laughs> see sticks. that that is yes. not a question I have because they wanted it to make it last long. Uh, yeah, except that those are. Uh, it's like being smacked with a ruler. Yeah, that could last for hours. It does hurt, but it's not a way to kill someone. No, like that's why they want, first of all, they want to see them kill them with their bare hands. Right, so just have them fight. 
why bother giving them the bamboo sticks? Because it's fun. It makes a fun slappy noise. It does make a fun slappy noise. <laughs> I would argue it's not the best choice for the finals of Akumite. <laughs> all of these are fantastic questions, guys. <laughs> Good job, all of us. Uh, then they shoot poison arrows at them that are dipped in like weird, like like that venom acid that Serpentor was drinking because oh. it like melts the vines around them. So Sergeant Slaughter correctly turns to Wetsuit and goes, hey, I got an idea. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah, seems like a good plan. So they, they, they start fake fighting a little bit, and then Sergeant Slaughter gets pissed off and starts kicking Wetsuit's ass. Good. Because he's like, look, I know that we're working together and we're on the same team and everything. You got you, you, you can't be that loose, man. You cannot uh, be that loose in the ring. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got to make it look good. Mm-hmm. And so he just starts stiffing him, and mm-hmm. then wetsuit starts stiffing him right back, mm-hmm. and then they take the fight outside. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> um, okay, which brings up Co- Cobra Commando and Storm Shadow. Yay, Cobra Commander. So here's the part where everything starts happening. Sergeant Slaughter starts fighting everybody. Wetsuit goes down to the dungeon to release all the other fighters. Mm-hmm. The Joe, rest of the Joe team shows up. Meanwhile, all the natives are fighting. So this is the big, like, uh, uh, dusty finish here to this episode. <laughs> a giant class. We'll go with the wrestling theme some more. Hold on. Um, yes. I-, I marked this and I don't know why, so let's just take a quick clip. Chad, he and Wetsuit are tighter than they want any of us to know. Ah, uh, that's yeah. why I marked yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that is... I mean, that is as clear a reference to uh, their homosexual relationship as <laughs> also, could possibly what, wait, be said. Wait, why did was, he bring yeah, that okay. up? Uh, well, like... because Leatherneck cares about wetsuit, but he can't admit it. Oh, and so they're kind of making a it. reference yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, he sure seems to care about wetsuit's well-being. It's weird because they're always fighting. Yeah, yeah. They're like the old married couple. Correct. <laughs> and weirdly enough, I, of any episode that was going to end with both of them in the ICU recovering for a third episode in a row together while yelling at each other, <laughs> yeah. it would have clearly been this one. <laughs> I'm happy that they went in another direction, though. Um, and so Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow show up to join the schmas, mm. And they're just like, we're here to meet the new assassin. And Pierre mm-hmm. Lafont goes, here he is. And he's like, motherfucker, that's Sergeant Slaughter. What are you doing? You are the worst terrorist also, for not knowing. You don't even know who he is. But also, wouldn't isn't there like a, a super... Like, did Cobra Commander okay them stealing one of the Joe? Like, no, letting one of the Joes join. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now is uh, this tournament was already supposed to be going down. I think. Yeah. Cobra Commander knew about it and glommed onto it. Offered to sponsor it if he could have access to the winner. And okay. then even okay. in the moment before they revealed it, I was just like, I bet it's to kill Serpentor. I thought it was going to be to. Uh, uh... To kill Sergeant Slaughter. Kill Sergeant Slaughter. Which okay. would be even better. Like, oh, you yeah, hired me yeah. to kill me. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, I did love, I just, I like the idea that, because uh, then they announced it was, in fact, to kill Serpentor. Right. They and that is fantastic. And I thought that, that is, was yeah. great because it's like Cobra Commander with Storm Shadow would absolutely do an off the books mission to hire an assassin to kill Serpentor. That's completely in keeping with the entire story of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. So you're saying uh, Steve Bannon is, is uh, hiring people to kill Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, except he would be vice president in this case, somehow. Yeah. So he'd have to get he'd have to dispatch Pence first and name himself vice president, <laughs> and then work his way into the big seat. Mm-hmm. Uh. So now I hope that this is an ongoing thing. I hope that every episode, Cobra Commander's just like, "Oh, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> uh, don't pay attention to me. I'm just gonna go uh, hire some but other guys." T- terrible thing that happened to that Kumite temple that I had nothing to do with. <clears throat> uh. And then Sergeant Slaughter's actually pissed. He's like, I "Had a chance to go assassinate Serpentor, and I didn't." Mm-hmm. 
go. You you can still go assassinate him, Sergeant. Yeah, Sergeant. you don't need you don't need permission from Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's still on the table. The the kill order has been issued. Just because yeah. you don't get on a Herald team doesn't mean you can't just go out and improvise. Thank you. <laughs> Inside baseball. Oh. And you, you, you got to have a sound pull for me because um, the two guards, when a wetsuit's letting out the prisoners, the two guards are having like a side conversation that lasts a little bit too long, and they talk about it in my new favorite magazine. You yep. know. Yep. <laughs> yep. You see the ad in this month's Mercenary Review? New Fredonia Left is paying $1,500 a week. Yeah. And then they get their asses kicked. It's just such a great moment. You know what? I want that over the Sergeant Slaughter putting his hat on. If I had to choose, I will take Mercenary Review every single time. That is season the, two's. The, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> hey, did you read the new the magazine world in this in this show is is yeah. vast. You got it the Glamour vast. magazine, Cobra Life. Yeah, you got vast. Mercenary Review. I don't know that kids today understand just how. Uh, ubiquitous magazine culture was. Oh sure, uh, and just you know, like how you could just walk to walk up to a, a, a newsstand and just spend hours going through all sorts of magazines well, and neat, or or like uh, going through those uh, publishers clearinghouse um, oh, uh, yeah. things with all the little stamps and like mm-hmm. oh I can have this magazine mm-hmm. and this magazine and I could get twelve magazines for ten dollars. Oh yeah, good. the equivalent today would just be like websites like Huffington Post and Slate and Uprocks. Uh, but no, and there's something you about would go through those. They all have a tone and a point of view. Yeah, it's there's there's something about having them physically having them delivered to it's sure. it's kind of like getting uh subscription boxes uh-huh, when you uh-huh. get a box yeah. uh, in front of your door oh, when you come yeah. home that's such a great feeling like oh a thing even if you know what it is yeah and there's a reason why those are popular again because that feeling cannot be duplicated in yep. the digital age yep. you need those yeah. physical like immediate gratification mm-hmm mm-hmm it's uh, it comes close with Amazon Prime. I don't know why I stared at you, Gina, while I, I said know, that, but there it is. It made me now I'm weirded out. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're the one that gets those boxes the most. Oh yeah, I love those boxes. I think that's why I was staring at you in a weird love way. Mm-hmm. I love them. Yeah, if you want to send us uh, free subscription boxes, we're down. <laughs> Chan, you want to give away your address on the uh, nope. on the show right now? Yeah. Not even a little bit. <laughs> we're sending out Patreon uh, uh, gifts, and uh, we had a bunch of leftover. Uh, a wedding invitation like envelopes because they screwed it up and they sent us a. a Are you sending wedding invitations like to all our Patreon uh, subscribers? Because that would be the most baller thing ever. And I do, I didn't have any uh, envelopes, uh, and I was like, oh, I could just use those because we got like a, uh like a hundred of them or something like that that are, that are completely useless. I was like, I don't feel like because the but the return address is printed on them. I was like, I don't, yeah. I don't. We love you. Don't get us wrong. Individually, each and every one of you are wonderful human beings, and thank you for listening to the show, but I'm pretty sure at least one of you is a serial killer, (laughs) and I don't want to risk it. You could scribble out your address, you know, or put a sticker over it. That's what I would do. Like, there's no way they could figure it out. Yeah, a serial killer is absolutely great. I I put a sticker. Oh, you steam it off. I put a sticker all the time over my address when I send stuff to people I think might be uh, serial killers. Well, Gina, they're oh, coming to visit tonight oh God, because Gina. it's very easy to. Uh, Gina. Oh, there, there's that. stickers. There are those <sighs> stickers that have my address on them. <laughs> well, guys, if you want to get a wedding invitation to Chan's wedding, you can hit us up on Patreon, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Knowing Is Half the Podcast. Wait, is the show over? Did we already do That's everything? It. That's literally yeah, the end of the show. Is. Nothing else happens. The end. <laughs> <laughs> 
Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast for a mere $5 a month. You can get access to our bonus vaults. For $20 or more a month, you can you can tell us what shows we want to do. And uh, a special out there for Brian Rapp, who uh, has gone far and above the call of duty uh, as far as our Patreon goes. We have some show notes uh, from the Raise the Flag episode that me, Chad, and Gina have signed. And these are raised show notes from the Raise the Flag episode uh-huh. written on Whispering Woods Hotel and Conference Center stationery <laughs> from Olive Branch, Mississippi's finest resort that reminds you of The Shining, the Whispering Woods Hotel and Conference Where Center. Where did you get that from? This is a work trip that I went on <laughs> years ago. I still have the paper for. Uh, Brian Rapp, we're going to put this in the envelope with your... Yeah. Well, okay, guys, we told you the stickers and magnets have already gone out. It turns out that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> They're going out now. So they should be arriving early next week as you listen to this. And Brian, raise show notes from the Raise the Flag episode. We just thought it'd be fun to throw them in there for you because we appreciate you yeah. so much. Feel free we, to we throw signed. them out because it's not like they're. <laughs> I, I sign it. No, you should. You should keep it. I'm going to be super famous someday. Plus, I drew a nice pair of boobs on there for you. Oh, well, Gina it. did draw a pair of boobs on here. Keep it for the boobs and <laughs> and, a, and a smiley face with fangs. Apparently, no, those are the boobs. <laughs> she just doesn't know how to draw boobs very well at all. What is boob? <laughs> So that's our episode this week, guys. Thank you so much. You can hit us up on Facebook.com slash Knowing Is Half the Podcast. Go on uh, uh, iTunes. Give us a five-star review. We got a bunch of those come pouring in. So, uh, Chan, we're getting closer and closer to getting you in that Dr. Mindbender outfit. Uh, if you'd like to yeah. be cool like all your friends, go on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Hey, give us a one-star review, and I'll do it right now. No. No. Don't you dare, Chan. <laughs> uh, you can also check out our Amazon link if you're going to buy something special for your special lady on Valentine's Day through Amazon. Yeah. That's a thing that happens, what right? Special man, sir. Special man? Matt Manser? <laughs> are you. Are, wait, are, are Matt Manser is a delight. People send Matt gifts. Matt Manser gi- gifts. <laughs> on if you want to buy former guest of the show, Matt Manser, some gifts. <laughs> Great comedian uh, and writer, Matt Manser. Getting a lot of run on this show. You could probably check him out at mattmanser.com or just type Matt Manser into YouTube search box. Yeah, I don't think he owns mattmanser.com. Well, he probably yeah. should. Get on your horse, Manser. Get on your horse? I don't know what I'm Is talking. the horse going to buy the URL? Chad, it's been a Do long Do you know how ISPs work? <laughs> I have almightyray.com. Uh, it's like the worst website in existence. Did a horse buy oh. it for you? I'm at ginamippolito.com yes. if anyone wants to go check out some bids. <laughs> So you got that to look forward to. I should look my, up and see my how nine much... year old blog and Gina's promotional videos. Ah, excuse me, they're <laughs> funny videos that I write for Break.com and other Also, you'll probably get a lot more on Gina's page than mine. Let's put it out there. <laughs> yeah. Chan, do you have a secret website you want us to know about? Uh Nope. Chanchinstudios.com or no, oh, Chan's I should do websites that. are Pokemon porn really. God damn it. <laughs> there's just a little there's a little Chan watermark on the bottom of every Pokemon <laughs> porn video of just like Chan's like chibi face with a big thumbs up. <laughs> I would love that, actually. Please oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, anyway, you can do this on Twitter. We are at G.I. Joe Podcast or individually I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And that's enough self-promotion for one day, guys. We'll see you next week, and good night.
Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.